0: biggest takeaway for me from college was to keep an open mind thinking back to the experiences that I learned the most from and that led me to where I am today was something that I wasn't exposed to before.
1: Welcome to Unlocking College Life, real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say, so, through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Welcome back to Unlocking College Life. Today, we are joined by Kate Panzer, who is a medical student at the University of Michigan. And we want Kate actually to start her story back in undergrad at the University of Pennsylvania, just to hear a little bit about... Her journey to where she is now. So Kate, if you want to introduce yourself and just give us a little background of your undergrad experience.
0: Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Kate. I'm from the Philadelphia area. I'm a suburb of Philly called Media. And undergrad, my focus was in bioengineering and I was also pre-med. So just kind of going through that journey. And as mentioned, I'm a medical student at Michigan, so, and a lot of my interest is in disability health. So I can share kind of how I got to that point. So an undergrad, as I mentioned, engineering student, I had a lot of different requirements or required classes. And one of them was social science and humanities. And I was looking at the options of classes that fulfilled that requirement. And I saw I could take any language and it would fulfill that. So I was like, okay. I took French in high school, but maybe this is a good opportunity to learn a new language. And I saw that American Sign Language was an option. I really didn't know any sign language at all. The only exposure I had was I have younger cousins who learned baby sign language, which I thought was interesting. But I said, okay, let me just give it a try. And I just fell in love with it. I loved my first ASL class. I just remember all the students. You know, we were laughing pretty much the whole class, and it was just like, brought me a lot of joy. So that's kind of what led me down an interest into disability health. And then I ended up taking four semesters in undergrad, and the fourth semester was medical ASL. And I thought this was the coolest thing because it combined my interest in medicine with also my interest in ASL and the deaf and hard of hearing community. So, that kind of was a light bulb moment for me where I was like, okay, I think I could fit this into my career in the future. So, after graduating from undergrad, I had to think about what I wanted to do. Did I want to go straight into medical school or take a gap year or two? Originally, I didn't plan to take any gap years. I just wanted to go straight through. But Based on some events in undergrad, I realized that it was a good opportunity to try something new, and I decided that I wanted to take two gap years with the goals of, one, spending a significant amount of time in a different country, and then the other was to work with the deaf and hard of hearing population in some sort of medical setting. So, with that second goal, I ended up at the University of Michigan where they have a deaf health clinic that was established by two deaf physicians and an ASL fluent social worker. And so, I did research with them for a year and then ended up staying at Michigan for medical school and kind of the rest is history. But I'm still involved with disability health work and that's something that's very
2: important to me. Is there anything in particular that got you interested in that specialty?
0: It was mostly... The ASL class was the first exposure, and then actually when I came to Michigan, There was this program in the Family Medicine Department, it's called M Disability, and it brings together faculty within the department and other healthcare workers who are interested in disability health and just promote each other in that way. So that actually exposed me to a lot of other aspects of disability health, such as adaptive sports, which there's a large program here at Michigan. And then also, I helped to start a podcast with Dr. Lisa Meeks, it's called Docs with Disabilities. And that focuses on featuring healthcare workers with disabilities and their stories. So that kind of led me towards the advocacy for classmates and providers with disabilities.
1: So it sounds like you had decided to be pre-med prior to this interest, right? And so I'm just curious how that evolved too.
0: So I was interested in medicine in high school, but and I had some exposure from family members, and there was a program in my high school that exposed me to some aspects of medicine. But it wasn't until college that I really was able to have more experience and exposure. So I volunteered at a hospital, the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. And that was a great experience, just seeing the day-to-day and the interaction, the teamwork, and also getting to work with patients. So that was really nice. And it just confirmed that that was an environment and the type of career that I wanted to go towards. And then my work with ASL just kind of put it all together. And yeah. So, I am curious
1: for a lot of students that the pre med track, no matter what track you're on, can be extremely challenging. And I know students question it. I don't know to what extent you can relate to that or had friends that it seems like you had a lot of clarity. But what was the experience like of of that track before getting to med school?
0: Yeah. For me, I always had that interest in the back of my head and. With all of the experience and activities that I did, it it kept confirming it for me. But I did have a lot of friends who came in being interested in medicine and then for one reason or another decided it wasn't the road they wanted to go on and that's totally fine. But I think in college, it is a good way to clarify what do I really want to do? Is medicine right for me or is there something else that I can find that I would be very happy with?
2: Well, and then it gets more complicated from there on whether it's matching for medical school and then of course medical school is can be rigorous on its own you are third year i'm a second year second so tell us a little bit about that how has that process been for you you know how is medical school and what are you looking toward
0: yeah so i'm really enjoying medical school right now i think The years within medical school are very different from each other, so first year, at least at Michigan, it's very lecture-heavy, and you're doing a lot of studying for quizzes pretty regularly and exams, and there's less patient interaction the first year, so I think it's hard to see some of the application of what you're learning. But I'm in my second year, and at least at Michigan, that's when we get to do rotations in a several different specialties. So, I'm actually in the hospital, in the clinic, working on teams, working with residents and attending physicians and also patients. So, for me, it's been great really learning hands-on and then also just rewarding to work with people, especially last year as a student during COVID, it was a lot of virtual school. So this year, it's all in person. And it's just been a lot of fun. It's definitely challenging. And it takes a lot of time during the day. But I still find time to do other things that I enjoy. And I'm really enjoying the process so far.
2: So I'm curious about the rotations that you have done so far, what have been some of your favorites. And I am really glad that you mentioned that you still have time to have other life. So what is the other life for you?
0: So rotations that I've done so far include internal medicine, family medicine, so primary care, psychiatry, and neurology. And there's been a mixture of inpatient, which means in the hospital, patients stay overnight, and then outpatient, which is patients just come for their short appointment and then they go home. So there's been a combination of all of this. So getting to see medicine in different environments has been great. Rotations that I've enjoyed The most so far include family medicine. And that was a lot of fun because I was able to work with the physicians that I did my gap year with. So I was at the location where they have the Deaf Health Clinic, and I was able to see several deaf patients and communicate with them in ASL. So for me, that was kind of like bringing it all together and getting to work with my mentors was really rewarding. And then I also enjoyed psychiatry, which I actually didn't anticipate that I would like, but I think it's more I didn't have the exposure to it. But yeah, I really loved my psychiatry rotation. I was in child and adolescent psych. And so just getting to work with that population, I had a lot of fun and definitely challenging topics to discuss. But I think it was a good experience learning how to talk about thoughts of suicide and depression, anxiety. So that was something that I learned a lot from. And then you asked about kind of the things that I do outside of school and classes and things like that. So I love to dance. That's something that I was able to do since I was very young. I did a lot of dance in undergrad. I mostly tapped in college. And then now actually there's a dance group at the University of Michigan Medical School. It's called BioRhythms and It's completely student-run, student-choreographed, so I'm very involved with that, and that's a great way to meet other classmates and students from other classes, too, so I find ways to still dance.
2: That's wonderful. I'm sure that continues to bring you a lot of joy, and then in, uh, is it third year when you do the, I was going to say musical, but it's actually not musical, it's theater, performance, and I hear that's very, very fun, so something to look forward to.
0: Yes, that, I think what you're referring to is called the smoker, And you can actually participate any year. So yeah, I danced in it last year, but it was virtual. So this year it was in person and it was fantastic. I was not in it, but I'm hoping to be in it maybe M3 or M4 year. We say that as third year medical student is M3
2: and so on. I hear great stories, right? Every year, it's a little bit different, a lot of humor and sort of connecting. I mean, medical school can be really tough. And it's good to sort of hear how folks sort of connect outside of the classroom, and maybe even taking down some of the competition and um, just keeping it fresh and and light.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. It's been a really great way to connect with other students and just, you know step aside from the academics and just be in a headspace where you can just enjoy everything around you. So can you
1: talk more about how you're integrating your disability advocacy work with what you're learning? And maybe even in particular, like what do you see as some of the bigger pressing issues in healthcare for folks who are hard of hearing or need ASL interpretation?
0: Sure. So I've gone to do several things related to disability advocacy in med school. So one of the things that I realized when I started at Michigan was that there wasn't a space for students to come together and work on disability health projects or support other classmates with disabilities. So I worked with a fourth year med student at the time. This was last year worked with her to start a student organization that does just that it's called medical students for disability health and advocacy and through that organization we aim to support students with disabilities but also to educate the medical school community on how to best care for patients with disabilities and so there's a lot of barriers to this patient population one is being the biases that healthcare workers have. And one way that we can tackle that is by exposure and practice and working with people with disabilities. So one initiative that I helped with was an American Sign Language elective for medical students. And that allows first-year students at Michigan to learn basic American Sign Language, but also be exposed to Deaf culture and members of the Deaf community to learn from them and learn how to best communicate with them in a medical setting. So that's something that's really important and special to me, and it's been an honor to work with the team. Well, it sounds like you've had to like
1: broaden your understanding of disability work too, right? Because you sort of came in through working with folks who are deaf or who are hard of hearing, but now to say like advocacy for disability across the board is like a much larger piece of work. So it sounds like you've had to educate yourself as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think major part of that education was during my gap year that time when I was exposed to other projects and individuals who are working in the broader disability space, but not just with the deaf and hard of hearing population. But for example, with adaptive sports, getting to work with people who, whether they use a wheelchair or not. So for example, we have wheelchair basketball and wheelchair tennis here in Michigan. And so just getting to work with the student athletes as well as community members has exposed me to other aspects of disability that I wasn't even aware of before that exposure. So definitely very valuable. I mean, there's definitely
1: going to be students listening who identify as being disabled or having a disability. And so I wonder what you might say to them if they're interested in getting more involved in the advocacy work around this too.
0: Yeah. My biggest advice would be to find like-minded people, whether that is an organization that was already established at your school, or just people around you who you've connected in that way. There are ways that you can advocate and make a difference as a student. There are also national groups. So I'm part of the board for a national group called Medical Students with disabilities and chronic illnesses. And so that's a way to connect with students from other universities to see, oh, what are you doing at your institution? How can we learn from that and bring those initiatives to our school? So that's been another great way to connect with people, especially now that we're all on Zoom or some other platform virtually, it's been a nice way to connect. And there are a lot of students who are passionate about this and working on this. So just getting connected with those people is very motivating. So would encourage anyone who's interested.
1: Yeah, and I realized, as I was saying, I don't think you identify as having a disability. You're working at it from more of an ally space. And I'm wondering how you've been received in that way.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that I like to share when I'm in those spaces, because I definitely don't want to misrepresent myself or take up space in that way, but I also make sure that I'm working with people who I do identify as having a disability or a chronic illness to make sure that their voice or their perspective is heard and ask them. I've had these conversations with them saying, I'm someone who helped to establish this organization, but is there someone else that might be able to fill this role better? than me. And my friends who are involved who have disabilities have said, no, we really appreciate the effort that you put into this. And it can't all fall on individuals with disabilities. We need allies, too, to put in the time and the work. So just making sure that I work with people who are just as passionate and um, who have those lived experiences is important to me.
2: I'm curious. Sometimes... Broadening the scope or like working with big systems can be quite a task. How have the systems been? I mean, are you running into any barriers? What has been helpful? How has change been?
0: Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think sometimes the change is slow and then sometimes the change is fast. It seems that way. So, from my experience, trying to incorporate disability into the medical school curriculum is something that. My organization or our organization has been trying to do. Times when it's been on the slower side is when we ask if we can make it required for all students or somehow fit it into the core curriculum that has already been established and continues to change, but the change is slower. Whereas, for example, the American Sign Language elective, that's something that's not required, it's optional. So it's kind of on the side of the core curriculum, and that way they don't have to make space for it. It's just there on its own, and it's there if students want it. And that's when we've been supported the most. And I understand there's limited time and space within the core curriculum, so it's challenging to make it a required thing, and that's the goal. But I think in the meantime, having something or a program that is optional is also a good option for students to still be exposed to those topics, but still have the institutional support.
1: And so what are you
0: thinking career-wise now? I'm really not sure yet. This year, I'm trying to keep an open mind. I've definitely been able to identify specialties that I've liked and those that I don't think that I would want to go into, but I still have an entire half year to explore other specialties. So I'm hoping by the end of the year, having that exposure, I will have a better idea. But just to give my current thoughts, as I mentioned, I really liked family medicine and psychiatry. But upcoming, I have surgery, I have obstetrics and gynecology, and I also have pediatrics. And those are three specialties that I could potentially be interested in. Nothing's off the table right now, but um, I do like to be hands-on and thinking about my engineering background. I've always had an interest in surgery, but we'll see what it's like day to day. You've been talking a lot
1: about the positives and not to like ask you to talk about the negatives. I always feel like there's something, there's gotta be some stuff that's hasn't gone exactly the way you've thought or where you questioned your path. And I think that's worth talking about too.
0: Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about this for the past couple of days and it's actually kind of ironic how I ended up taking so many semesters of American Sign Language because the first semester fulfilled that requirement for me. And initially, I was only going to take one semester. For the next semester of college, I was interested in taking Tagalog. It's a Filipino language and I'm part Filipino, so I wanted to learn the language. And I remember going to my first class, and there were about 10 other people there. And it just seemed like everyone already had this baseline knowledge of the language. And I was thinking, okay, I'm worried about keeping up in this class. I remember going to the teacher and saying, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this language, but I feel like everyone's already ahead of me? And will I fall behind? And just having that fear in the back of my head, I was thinking of other options and things to do. And I just remember thinking back, wow, I had such a great time in ASL 1. Maybe I could see if there's still ASL 2 available. And so I remember looking at the schedule and I saw there was one that fit within my other classes. And I said, okay, let me just give it a try. And I went back and went to the first ASL 2 class and I had such a great time, and I was thinking, okay, you know, I still want to learn Tagalog, but maybe now is not the time, so I stayed with ASL too, and that's kind of really what led me down the path that I'm on today, so very thankful. (laughs) It was a little tough because I kind of felt this responsibility or kind of felt guilt for not sticking with a language that I wanted to learn, and that was connected to my identity, but continuing with asl has really provided me with motivation and purpose and has led me to other avenues so thankful for that well yeah and your journey
1: it shows that some students i think
0: think they know what they want to do
1: right when they start and then can be sort of adamant to stay with it which sometimes it goes fine and sometimes it doesn't but i think what you're saying is that you are kind of open you knew you wanted to go to medical school, but you were open to sort of like how that would play out, which is, it's hard to do sometimes because someone could have an experience like that and sort of be like, ah, oh, I'm just not going to do a language, right? So it led you down a completely different path.
2: And I think that kind of flexibility is probably going to play out well for you, even when looking at residency programs. And I mean, I hope that you get your top choice once you decide where you want to be, but we know how competitive that is. That'll
0: definitely be a process. I'm seeing other classmates or higher classes who are going through that now and seems like challenging, but overall, you know, rewarding process. So we'll see. So as we start to wrap up,
1: Kate, we always want to make sure that our guests are able to share their wisdom. So if there's anything you haven't said, just thinking there's, you know, college students out there listening to this right now, what might you want them to know?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me from college was to keep an open mind of uh, thinking back to the experiences that I learned the most from and that led me to where I am today was something that I wasn't exposed to before, something new, and if I hadn't taken that first step towards that, towards American Sign Language or towards other types of disability advocacy, I would not be where I am today or be able to do the things that I'm doing. So just keeping an open mind during college, I think, will take you very far awesome well thanks so much for being with us today Kate yeah thank you for having me
2: thank you so much and good luck to you
1: thank you all right talk to y'all soon take care thanks for listening please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently we want to hear from you connect with us on instagram and let us know how it's going This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or a therapist.